During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. I'm one of your hosts, Snowbike Mike, and I am back from fighting off death and tonsillitis, and I'm happy to say I'm feeling good, I'm looking good, but you know what was even better? My good friend, Paris Lilly, absolutely crushing the hosting duties last week. You were so good, Paris, and of course, I want to praise you for how great you were on Kind of Funny Games Daily hosting the X-Cast, but I also want to give a big shout out to you for bringing on Andrew Alliance, who was absolutely incredible as a guest. So much fun to hear his perspective. And of course, now we get to celebrate as he has Game Pass and he's hey, checking it hey, out for the first time, the, Paris. The rebellion has ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, thank you. First, first and foremost, um, I'm glad you're feeling better. That That's the most important thing. Um, it is so interesting hosting versus just being a quote unquote talking head on here because my entire focus was just, all right, make, make sure Gary gets in. Okay, make sure get like, like I was just doing this back and forth. And then there was the time thing. So I'm looking at the time and I'm like, I'm like, how does Mike do this? But that's just a credit to you, man. I mean, this is why he said at the end of the show, this is why I've said it since, you know, you're a fantastic host and uh, I'm just blessed to be here with you. So again, glad you're doing well. You're the best Paris. Yeah, thank you so much. And I always appreciate the, the confidence boost and all the kind words. But this week, Paris, Gary's out. So we yeah. had to call upon another guest, yes. which is some of the best parts. You know, I love hanging out with the My Xbox and My Two Dads podcast, but also it is nice to call upon our favorite friends from around the Xbox community and say, hey, let's talk Xbox, let's talk video games. And so this week, a little short notice, but I brought on a good friend of mine, a kind of funny best friend, a fellow Xbox podcast host, from the Xbox Drive podcast. My good friend, Sean Caffrey is in the building. Sean, how are you today? Mike, I am stoked to be here, man. Thank you so much for the invite. I am so excited to talk about Xbox with you guys and totally ignore work for a couple of hours. <laughs> I, I'm like, I got stuff to do. I got to get these things in, but you know what? Screw it. We got to talk Xbox with Mike in Paris. This is awesome, man. Thanks for having me. I love that. Thank you so much, Sean, for coming in. And why don't we start, start off with what you've been playing? You know, we've been gaming lately, and uh, I had a full week off, had some trouble looking at the screen, but was able to slide in some gaming. So I'll kick it over to you, Sean. What's the latest and greatest in the box right now? You know what, man? I'm I'm typically one who kind of like bounces around from stuff, you know, because of Game Pass, I think, probably. You kind of go from one game to the next. But um, on the Iron Lords podcast a couple of weeks ago, they had the devs from The Outer Worlds on. And I'm like, I have been meaning to get back to this thing. And with the, you know, the FPS boost that's going on over there, it's like a totally different game. 
and I am in love. One of the things that the the dev said over there that really caught my attention as a, as an aging fellow over here uh, was that a lot of the inspiration for the writing came from stuff like Futurama. And I'm like, I'm seeing Futurama all over the oh, place in yeah. this game. Like I am, I'm loving it. And it's funny because I've got my my Series S in here that I use for streaming, and I've got my Series X by my by my TV and everything, so I get all the HDR and all the frames and everything over there. So I thought I would play a little Outer Worlds on my Series S, and as much as I'm loving it on my X, it's a totally different experience, man. Like, it, I'll downplay the S a little bit to say, wasn't all that good? Like, I, I kind of got thrust back into 30 frames, maybe even less than 30 frames. I'm like, I just don't know if I can... If I can do this, I gotta. Now that I've been treated and spoiled by the 60 frames and the buttery smoothness that's happening on Series X, I think that's where I'm gonna be at with it. But I'm just loving it, man. It's a it's a nice kind of like doable RPG for me. It's not like this 120 hour epic thing. I'm I'm playing through it. I'm enjoying the humor. I'm enjoying the gunplay. I'm I'm tackling this RPG in a way that I don't normally tackle RPGs, which is I'm loading up on my like speech and persuasion and dialogue stuff. So I'm talking my way out of conflicts rather than just blasting through but i'm having a great time with outer worlds man i love hearing that sean that's actually one of my favorite games of this past generation and one of the coolest parts was i had my girlfriend over two weeks ago and i got her game pass on pc she jumped into the outer worlds and asked can you play this with me and i was mm -hmm. like i'll boot it up on my xbox and we'll start running around having a great time and it is so much fun and that's cool they brought up the iron lords podcast because i watched that one as well and it is awesome like it does feel like Futurama. I love Big time. the Fallout New Vegas. I love that obsidian quality. And then you think to yourself, like, I like the jokes. I like the more fun yeah. tone to all this. And I also like the combat. I love the companions, right? Everybody will bring up Parvita and how much they love her so, so much. And it's just like, man, what a great time. So nice pull yeah, right there. Loving it. Paris, what have you been up to? What games have you been playing? So I talked about it at the end of last week. And uh, I've been continuing into Rain on Your Parade which is on Game Pass, fantastic. And I know this is a news topic, but it's also, you know, shout out to Xbox for finally getting cloud saves into Minecraft Dungeons. Woo! So I can now play on my PC and not uh, just play it on the Series S because that's where I, I, I started playing. So now that, you know, I can take my saves on any platform I want to jump on and play, I decided to get back into that. And hopefully, you know, the kids and I can uh, get, get some co-op action going. And, you know, of course, I'm playing, I'm playing Destiny 2. And uh, even though this isn't Xbox, I've been playing Returnal. I mean, I, I just love it. You know, technical issues aside, uh, again, you know, we talked about it on PSI Love You, but uh, it's a fantastic game. Oh, my God. Paris, those are some banging games right there. First yeah. off, your Xbox Game Pass suggestion of the week got me looking at that. I'm I'm dying to play it, so I can't wait to check out Rain on Your Parade. Secondly, what's up with Destiny and these, like, cute baby alien things? Do you know anything <laughs> about this? What's, hey, what's up gotta, with these? We got to protect those fallen babies at all costs, man. <laughs> at all costs. Oh, I'm excited. And, and it's so funny because I was talking about this during the week. You know, we're in year seven of Destiny, and I still get giddy every time I see new content. Every oh. time. You may even hear my family in the background. They're, They're getting giddy. Too. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I get giddy every time with new content. And to be able to go back to Vault of Glass here pretty soon is is super exciting for me, you know, just as a Destiny veteran. But yeah, it's, it's, it's that game I just can't quit. I might take breaks here and there, but I always find myself coming back to Destiny. What a testament to that game. It's like, I'm even a fallen off player and I still get giddy and excited about seeing the new content coming and feeling that 
energy and that enthusiasm from that community, it's like hard to not want to jump into it. It's so cool. And man, that team over at Bungie continues to make that game and that series one of the best on the planet. Do you want to take a moment? I know this is the Xbox podcast, but yo, that Returnal gameplay is hot. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got. I, we got to talk about it for a moment. Just a quick moment, everybody. This Returnal <laughs> gameplay is red hot. It's smoking hot. It is a fast, energetic game that I didn't think I wanted, but now I want more of it, and I can't mm -hmm. stop thinking about it. And uh, we talked about it before in this podcast of like, I like the punishment. There's some times where I'm like, man, I, that's a dumb idea. I don't want to restart and have to do it all over again. But then once you get into the flow and... I love that evolution of my gameplay where I get better after each and every run and I learn something or I try something new. And it's like Returnal, quick load time right back in after you die. You do it all over again. It's fun. Sean, I'll kick it to you. You're hyping it up too. What do you think? Are you having fun? Well, I haven't played it yet, um, okay. but I don't have, because I, I can't get my hands on a PS5. And honestly, I mean, I don't want to throw too much shade to PlayStation. I don't know if I can fit it through my door. The thing is enormous. <laughs> um, but I've been like, I mean, I'm a huge Housemark fan. Uh, speaking of Destiny, yeah. like my first PS4 was the, the Glacier White PS4 that they did when they released that bundle a year after PS4 was released. So I'm a huge fan of Housemark. And I, I was frustrated as a PlayStation player at listening to a lot of playstation podcasts going like is this game going to be worth 70 dollars or what's house mark like a lot of the conversations surrounding this game seemed to be maligned it was like what are you guys doing this is one of the best developers for playstation making a game like they're they're really stepping it up and so i'm glad to see now that it's out the gameplay is kind of speaking for itself rather than a lot of the conversation that shrouded this game for for months ahead of time so i'm i'm nodding along with you guys because i'm just happy the like house mark is seemingly finally getting their due. Unfortunately, a little bit of technical stuff that's happening that I'm that I'm seeing online, but it looks so good. And I've been excited for this since they uh, revealed it. And I'm like, I'm on an Xbox podcast. Why aren't why isn't anybody else excited about this? Like, come on, you guys. So I'm glad you guys are are having fun with it. My co-host Ryan uh, on the Xbox Drive is going to be playing, and he's going to be doing some coverage on that pretty soon. But I'm just glad you guys are having fun with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm I'm loving it. And, and the the thing, the way that I try to describe it is the difficulty is what makes it great. I like, like yeah. you said, Mike, I like that it punishes me. I like that it checks me for getting just a little, a little greedy when yeah. I should just go, go <laughs> yes. be the boss, but instead I go do it, do something I shouldn't be doing, you know? So I wasn't really into roguelike games. Like the last one I was really into was Rogue Legacy, right? So it's been a, been a wow. while. Like, yeah. I, I, yeah. like I had, like oh, I hadn't played Dead Cells or any of that stuff or Hades or any of that. So this was kind of my entry into, hey, Maybe I need to play more of these roguelike games and maybe I need to check this out. I do think I like the genre, but now I'm going to say this and I know this will be a little controversial when I say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. Returnal is $70 and we talked about this on PS. I love you. Is it worth $70? Absolutely. With the caveat, you need to understand what you're getting yourself into mm -hmm. with it because it because roguelike is not for everyone. With that said, this is why Game Pass is great. And I know people got mad at me saying this on social I media, saw, yeah. but it's the truth. In, the, in this sense, it allows you to try something that you normally wouldn't try. And maybe it turns out to be for you. If it's not, no harm, no foul. You move on to something that is for you, right? Yeah. That's one of the perks of Game Pass that I am a fan of. And, and, and I do talk about I, I will fully admit, I'm kind of getting a little trolly when I talk about it online now because I know <laughs> some people get mad. You talk about Game Pass all the time. But I, I genuinely do think there's a great value in it, right? I do. And I think 
the fact that it's giving you access to so many games across different genres. Again, I am not playing Rain on Your Parade without Game Pass, you know, just top of mind. There's other games that I never would have discovered or tried without Game Pass. Uh, um, almost said Spirited Away, but um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Spirit uh, Fair. There, Spirit Fair. Jeez, I'm, I'm thinking Miyazaki right now, but thank you. That's another game as an example. Never would have played it without Game Pass. But the point is, you know, it lessens some of the risk for us, the gamer. And it also lessens some of the risk for the dev on the whole back end, the financial stuff too. But the but the point remains, gaming isn't cheap. $60, $70 for a game. Returnal is something that, you know, you may look at on the service and go, hey, maybe I do want it. Everyone's talking great about it. You start playing it and realize, you know what? I don't like dying over and over. This is too punishing. You just wasted $70 because mm-hmm. this isn't a game for you. Whereas if it was on Game Pass, no harm, no foul. That's all. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying, hey, for me, I think that's just another avenue of why I, I think Game Pass is so great. That's all. No doubt. Well, and it prevents those conversations from even happening before games come out. Like nobody's right. going to talk about like, is this game worth this or this? Like, Because it just detracted from what the, the game itself or even the pedigree of the developer. It, right. it became that before the game was even available. So yeah, it just kind of gets all that nonsense out of the way. We can just play games and discover games together exactly and that's the even point. as content creators you know it almost takes away the whole like do i need games ahead of time do i need a review copy because you can just get the games on game pass it, it creates that it kind of equalizes the playing field for for everybody we all just get games together and that's that's amazing yep agreed i love seeing you beat the drum for game pass you keep doing it Paris. Well, it always well, makes me smile well you, you know and 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 again i'll just uh, i won't stay too long on this look I, I know it's not for everyone. It's a choice. It truly is a choice. You don't have to do it. You can continue to buy games the traditional way. And I think that's some of the things that get lost in translation when they see someone talking about Game Pass and being excited about it. It's okay if it's not for you because you can still go buy games the way you've always done. You can still play the games on any platform you want. All that's great. But this is something new. We've never seen this type of game subscription service at this level with we know the quality of games that are coming from their internal studios you see the third-party deals that they're doing with you see the discoverability that they have with these indie titles and it's it's a great value at the price it just is i mean if Mm -hmm. i spend 120 bucks or 180 for ultimate i feel that's a great value for me spend that already on things like netflix and disney plus and all that and i don't blink an eye so why should that be a thing that i get overly concerned about with gaming and again if that does bother you don't do it. I mean, it's really that simple. But overall, you see the investment that Microsoft has put into it. You see where it's going. Not saying it's going to, it could fail. It could could fall flat on its face. And then, you know, I'm on here a year from now going, oh, I guess I was wrong about that Game Pass thing. But they seem pretty committed as as a company, as Microsoft in general, not just Xbox. They seem really committed to the subscription service and providing value to it. You know, obviously it's a business. They're trying to make a profit ultimately. But as a gamer, I, I just find it very attractive for everything that you were saying before. It allows me to just play games. It allows me to try things I would never try before. Again, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with that. I know I got the pom-poms out and all that stuff. That's why Andrew was on last week with the rebellion and all that stuff. But, <laughs> but the point is, you know, it is not going to be for everyone. And that's okay, you know. Um, but yeah, maybe I do talk about it too much on social media. But I know I'm being a little trolly, so that's okay. <laughs> I like when you're having fun. Uh, I got to jump in to the newest Apex updates. Now they yeah. have arenas in there, 3v3 arenas. And oh boy, 
It is a lot of fun, Sean and Paris. I'm absolutely loving it. It's a ton of fun. And even when you get smacked down, right? When we go up against the baddest players in the server, even when we get smacked down, it's a good time and it's quick, right? It's first to three. But if we're both at two, we do have a tie break around first to win by two. So it does go a little bit longer. But man, oh man, what a switch up. What a change up from the normal battle royale that you know, which is Apex Legends, right? A lot of us love Apex. It's had a great lineage so far. But we're hitting that point now where it's like, man, is there something fresh, something new they can do? And this team at Respawn made something fun. This 3v3 arena mode, very, very cool. Five different maps right now, two of which are like brand new, dedicated, created maps for the game mode. The other three are from the different three uh, realms or maps we've seen before. But let me tell you what, what a great time that is. It's got the Valorant Counter-Strike buying an economic feel to it at the beginning before each round where you buy guns and you're saving up money for the next round. And then when you get into it, it's just fast. It's furious. Your team's calling them out. You're picking off each other. And it's fun as can be. And I got to say, if you haven't checked it out, I know the servers went wild because people really blew this up that day one. But it's a ton of fun. Have you guys got to check it out at all? I haven't, no, unfortunately. Yeah, right. But I, one of the things that I would say about it, Mike, is I'm so excited that like Respawn, it seems, is just like they're setting the tone and setting the pace for themselves on how they're going to innovate and iterate in the future. It, what What is... in like lock solid in my mind is that they're not going to stay steady. They're not like resting on their laurels at all. They're going to continue to push. And this past weekend when, you know, the server seemed to break over Titanfall two with the free weekend on steam, like there's a lot of excitement for the studio. And I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe like you're in the, you're in the world, maybe a little bit closer than I am, but I just, I want the world to recognize respawn as that, like, top tier developer because that's what they are like they have even just as respawn themselves but of course the history behind that and before respawn was founded tons and tons of talent at the studio i want people to realize kind of like what's going on there so this new mode is really exciting because it is it's not just like a slightly different version of battle royale of what we know with apex it's totally different so i think we can expect to see a lot more of this as the years go on with respawn and that's all i really want from them yeah, I would just go off of what you said. And to to be upfront, I have not checked out the new content yet, even though, you know, Dan, Danny has been on me about jumping in. I, I know I need to. Um, but I, I do recognize the the talent over there at Respawn. And I've mm -hmm. been big fans of them, obviously, you know, since the, the first Titanfall. And you look at Titanfall 2, we say it all the time, one of the greatest shooter campaigns ever made. Big time. Right? Obviously, the spinoff into Apex turned out to be that surprise hit nobody knew was coming. You look at Jedi Fallen Order, how great that is, right? Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see that they continue to innovate on Apex mm -hmm. and they're taking risks they're trying new things. And, you know, they don't want it. They don't want the game to be stale. They want to continue to push it and get more people involved and excited about it, which, like I said, I've definitely been been slacking on it. Um, I need to play more. I haven't, but I, I want to. But. You, you bring up a great point about Respawn. It goes beyond just Respawn because when you look at the senior leadership and talent at that studio, their legacy and roots, I mean, we don't have a Call of Duty right now without some mm -hmm. of the people that work at right. Respawn. You know what These I mean? Hall just, of Famers. Exactly, you know I mean? exactly. So we owe you know a lot of people at that studio just just we love call of duty we love battlefield and for all this stuff mm -hmm. goes back to those people in those early days you know when they when they made that game and obviously infinity ward um you know modern warfare just everything that they brought to that <laughs> genre too so 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm excited for the future of Respawn as a company. Let mm -hmm. let's see what else they do um, in in the Star Wars universe. Knock on wood. Hopefully, um, maybe we do get a Titanfall three, and they just keep uh, innovating on on Apex. So yeah, very exciting. Gosh, I love when you guys hype them up like that, and it is <laughs> so cool. And I think it also brings a nice breath of fresh air into that game, right? Because we've talked about the big three: Fortnite, Call of Duty, Apex. We know what that is. They're battle mm -hmm. royales through and through. You've played them for years now, right? And we always hit that moment where, hey, we're a year into content, we're past a year, and we're looking for something different, maybe a new map, maybe a new mode. How do you switch it up? And I think this team took it a whole different direction that I wasn't ready for, right? Coming from Call of Duty Warzone, where it was like, hey, we'll give you Rebirth Island and this Rebirth mechanic, and we'll do mini Royales and see what you think there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh no, tight, or, you know, uh, my gosh, Apex was like, hey, hold up, why don't we try this mini team deathmatch mode with some sort of Valorant and Counter-Strike economics in it, and we'll totally change up the formula and see what you think. And I think they hit it, right? That team arena feels good. And a breeze of fresh, breath of fresh air and gets new players to come back, laps players to come back. And man, this is going to be something hot here for the next couple of months. I think if they can capitalize this with some new maps, maybe put in a ranked mode or some custom games, you might have something special where Apex really gets a lot of majority and popularity going on here, which is always great in that battle royale genre. But enough to talk about games. We got a whole lot of news to break down and talk about. So let's get into the show. This is the Kind of Funny X-Cast. We post each and every Saturday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and on podcast services around the globe. Usually I say, hey, please hit that subscribe button, leave a review, leave a comment. But you know what? I want to say thank you to everybody out there, audio listeners, viewers on YouTube, everybody around the globe that partakes and is part of this community here at Kind of Funny and with the Kind of Funny X-Cast. You guys and gals are truly incredible. Thank you so much for all of your support over this past year. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation and sharing the enthusiasm about Xbox and mainly about gaming because that's what brings us all together. And as Paris and uh, Greg Miller really showed, Wow, you guys have really supported this podcast. It's up in the charts. Number 11 here in the United States of America on Apple. Something really, really special. I see you guys out in the UK absolutely loving it as well. And the coolest part is it's all about all of us. And that's the best part is I love getting to talk with Paris and Gary, having Barrett here, the kind of funny crew, and hearing from all of you out there about your enthusiasm around gaming and sharing moments with other content creators, just like Sean here right now. Andrew last week and all of our fellow Xbox communities, whether they be on a podcast or on YouTube, it is so cool to see the power of this community. So thank you for all of your support. Thank you for the fun and thank you for partaking in this conversation. So thank you so much. Finally, can, can I, can yeah, I just get say in one, there, one, one thing on that? Just because I, I was honestly shocked when when Greg posted that and I, and I saw that. Like, because, you know, we, we do the show. We obviously have fun. We love it. But then it was almost like reality set in like, oh, wait wait, we're, we're, we're doing this? Like, I, I, I couldn't believe it. So again, just to everyone out there that, that watches and listens every week, yeah, sincerely, just thank you. I mean, I, I like, it, it's very humbling to to see that and just the feedback that we get every week, you know, you know, from comments, people just tell us how much they like XCAST and just, you know, everything that, that we've been doing within the community. I mean, it's, trust me, it's very appreciated, not only by myself, but I know by Mike, by Gary as well, Barrett, you know, if we, 
again, he does all the magic in the background. None of this happens without him. So I'm just playing Tetris uh, 99. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm to play Returnal. I'm just, a, I'm just a jabroni over here, like Mike would say. No, but seriously, thank just, just thank you to everyone out there. Really, um, it, it, it was so cool to see. Love that. And big thank you to our Patreon producers for the month. Omega Buster, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Elliot, and Tom Bach. Of course, this episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast is sponsored by Gabby and Canva, but I'll tell you all about those later. Let's jump into the news to this <clears> week. <throat> we got a pretty special one. FPS boosted titles continue to stay on the rise, and this update as of May 3rd from Team Xbox is their largest drop. Something Paris, I got to tell you, when we talked with Jason Ronald, I didn't think they were going to hit us with this many, right? He was like, hey, we'll sprinkle in some this week. Maybe the next week we'll talk about it. No, 74 titles have been added to the FPS boosted list. Now bringing us up to 97 total. Of course, you can go catch the full list over on majornelson.com right now. He's going to keep that list updated through and through. It's actually really, really resourceful because it tells you the FPS boost on what you'll get for the Series X and S. So I really encourage you to check that out because there is some differences on 120 and 60 on certain games. Some aren't available on the S, but you should check out that list. Some big titles. I'm not going to read them all, but some big titles. Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered, Rogue Remastered, the Ezio Collection, Unity all running at 60, Battlefield 1, 4, Hardline, and 5 running on at 120 on the Series X. 1 and 5 are not available on the Series S. Something to keep in mind. Dead Island Definitive Edition along with Riptide Definitive Edition coming in at 60. Dishonored, which I played. At 60, along with Death of an Outsider, well, Dragon Age. Let's not skip over Deus Ex Mankind Divided, also. Okay, okay. Great I like that. Right there, so <laughs> uh, I'm Give glad that you brought it up. There's just so many titles, Barrett. I can't read them all out. We got Far Cry games, Halo Wars 2. You got Sleeping Dogs. The list goes on and on. There's too many for me to read them all off here. But I encourage you to check it out. I I tried. (laughs) 74 games dropped as of May 3rd. Bringing it up here. Who would have thought we would have been here so fast? This team is really doubling down on this. And we've talked about game preservation and how you, the Xbox gamer, are at the forefront, the center of all this. And really, we've seen Microsoft and Team Xbox really double down on saying, hey, those games that you've purchased in the past, those games that are in your library, they're going to come with you and they're going to be even better to play at no additional cost, which is something really, really special to me. And I know the team here. So, Sean, you're the guest of the week. 74 new titles. FPS boosted. What are you thinking? Have you been taking advantage of this service? I mean, one of the one of the takes I have on this, there's so much to dive into here, lots to unpack. But one of the things that I, I kind of think about is as we're in the first year of these consoles, right? And we think about the first year of most consoles, it's kind of dry, right? There's not a whole bunch of bangers that are coming out. And I feel like between this and Game Pass and whatever, everything that's happening on Game Pass, it's like, this is actually doing what PlayStation did in the first year with Indies, where it's like, they didn't really have a whole bunch going on, but Indies really filled in the gap. And this is such a huge deal for Xbox to make it such a no-brainer. If you're already on on Xbox, you've got things to play. If you've kind of been wavering, then it's like, why would you play anywhere else is kind of the question that I have. And it just seems to me that this is the way that it should be. You know, if we're going to play older games with more advanced hardware, they should perform better. So it feels so right. It feels so natural. And then they go above and beyond with some of these things getting boosted to like 120 frames. Like I just wasn't going into this uh, generation of consoles thinking I'm going to be playing 
a lot of games, if any, at 120. I was like, I was good with 60. I just wanted to go from like the 27 that we'd been experiencing. If we could get to 60 and lock it there, I'm happy. But we're playing these games that are like, this is a great list. You have, you even just like, we struggle to go through, like, let's pick out a couple from these 74 games. Like, it's hard to do because they're, these are actually good quality games that you're playing at rock solid frame rates, 60 frames, 120 frames. And console gamers are getting spoiled right now in a way that I think. PC gamers have been for a long, long time, but they just spent a couple thousand dollars to do it. So it just, I mean, I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm playing on my PC too. I'm not throwing shade at PC gamers at all. Like I have my, I've got a, I've got a decent rig here that I'm like, and I, and I had been playing the last couple of years though. I played division on it. I played some destiny on it as well. And now I'm kind of flipping back to console gaming. Cause it's, easier i get to sit in my old man recliner to do it i don't have to sit in my work chair to play my play my pc games but this just is another notch in the xbox belt of like why would you play anywhere else games like fallout 4 is something that like desperate basically all the all the bethesda stuff they bought bethesda and like okay we're also going to help you out by boosting all your games those games needed it desperately and i think it just kind of removes the argument that old games are old and I think I think old games are great games and great games are great games forever. So this is helping those games stay great for a long, long time, man. Well said right there, Sean. I like that. Yeah, I completely agree with everything that, that you're saying on that. And, you know, it, it's it's just a testament. To, like you said, when we had Jason Ronald on, you know, some episodes back and like you said, Mike, I, I did not expect this many games <laughs> this soon. I thought it would just be kind of just a slow rollout, slow boil of games that would come out. You see some exciting ones here and there, you know, just a steady pace. But this was like just this giant info dump mm -hmm. of games that they threw on us. And it goes back to what you're just saying. A game is great no matter when it can't came out. So if if they can take these older games and and use the horsepower of these new consoles to get them at higher frame rates and have people experience them in ways that they never did previously, it's fantastic. Like just the list that you're showing, there's so many games in there that I've not even played that I'm like, well, wait, do I need to go back and go play that? It, it makes you makes you second guess yourself and think about it. And again, that's how gaming should be. It mm -hmm. shouldn't be about just the latest and greatest thing. I mean, we don't do that with movies. We don't do that with music. Like as an example, I never in my life listened to the Beatles, Led Zeppelin or Pink Floyd until I was probably about 35. Right. I'm like, where's all this been my entire life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, all of it now feels brand new to me because I'm just now discovering it. And all those games that, that you just listed off, there's going to be someone that's going to just now discover those games. And then obviously we talk about Game Pass makes it easier and all that stuff. But the point is, there's so many legacy titles out there that are just begging to be rediscovered by somebody. And then you throw in this FPS boost and you get to play them in a way that feels just like you're playing the current games that are coming out that are also at 60 frames and 120 mm -hmm. and do all that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a great quality of life feature. So, again, kudos to Jason Ronald and the entire team over there that's been doing that work, because that's the other thing. They're not touching the original code. The original developers don't have to go back and do anything. It's magic. They're doing it all at the platform level, which is incredible. Well, and I can't help but think, Paris, too, that like with those uh, those uh, albums that you would have bought before, you'd have to buy them again. You have to buy the remaster. If you yeah. want to listen to a better version, you're going to have to purchase a better version. This is just between this and Game Pass, like you're not even having to buy it again or yeah. if you already own it. It just carries forward. It's it's actual magic. And I'm trying to remember the games that they first revealed FPS boost, like just another one of those marketing kind of jargony type of words that you throw around, like what's smart delivery all about? What's FPS boost? They're, they're starting to pile up here. 
the first couple of games, I don't know that anybody was really, it wasn't really turning anybody's heads, but the technology was like, oh, this is exciting. And now this is like them laying the hammer. This is yes. a big deal. You have to pay attention to the FPS boost and then wonder why it's not available elsewhere. you got to ask that question. Like, why would you play these games anywhere else if you're not going to get that boost just across the board? It's going to be hard to keep up with this. Completely agree. Yeah, it's really special. Paris, you, you broke it down so well, too, as a... Uh, of course, if you're a kind of funny best friend, you know that I haven't seen many 80s and 90s action movies, right? And I've had Nick Scarpino <laughs> sit me down on the couch, hand me a bucket of popcorn and say, here, like, we're watching these great games. Yeah. And it's so funny. You, you, you bring it so well into the gaming world of, like, I think of those games that we know and love from older generations that are our comfort food, right? But then there's also these great games that I'm sure none of us have ever played or some of us have. And it's like now Paris can look at me and be like, Oh, Mike, you've never played Halo Wars 2 and it's coming in at 60 frames? Sit down and try it, right? Or, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, you've never played Sleeping Dogs? You need to go check this out. And it's like the list continues and now you know you're going to get the best possible product with this Xbox that you have. And it's like so exciting to know. It's like, I'm going to get the best of the best and I'm going to try this for the first time and I'm going to have so much fun. And I can't believe this team is now up to 97 titles. We, if we look back, we talked with Jason like, six weeks ago at most it wasn't yeah. that long ago it wasn't that long since ago. we've talked with jason ronald and it was only five games and we were talking watchdogs 2 super lucky's tale we're right. talking sniper elite and it's like now you look at it and it's like oh you're gonna find a game and you're gonna find a lot of games that you're gonna mm -hmm. like and right now we always have this conversation we end the holiday season we have a brand new generation there's not many games that are really wowing you right now it's kind of quiet it's a slow trickle before e3 and the next holiday and it's like hey Here's a bunch of games you can jump back to and have a ton of fun. And this team continues to double down on it. And it's like wild to think of where will we be at E3? Where will we be next holiday season? What will this number be? Will they continue to wow us with 74 games and big hits like Assassin's Creed and Dragon Age? Or when will this slow down? But right now, we're just having fun and enjoying it. It's wild mm -hmm. ride right now. And, and Mike, I will remind you of our last conversation on the last episode you were on. Go play Titanfall 2. Titanfall 2. 120. Yeah, Again, that's just another example. That's a game we know a lot of people missed, you know, due to various reasons. It's on Game Pass number mm -hmm. one, and you could probably buy it for what, for five bucks right now? FPS boosted 120. I'm telling you, that campaign is an absolute treat to play. And the multiplayer is really good too, you know. And we've obviously seen a, a lot of people jumping back in. So, but like you said, there's so many games out there to discover. And I know, like I said, just looking on that list, I know there's games on there that I need to go play, and I'll get to play them at a high frame rate too, which is great. Yeah, so exciting. Let's keep it moving. But first, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This week, the Kind of Funny X Cast is brought to you by Gabby and Canva. First up, we'd like to thank Gabby. When it comes to car and home insurance, don't we deserve better? I know we at Kind of Funny do. That's why Tim put his policy to the test and turned to Gabby. They literally stand for get a better insurance. Getting better insurance with Gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage. Who knew something like this existed? I sure didn't until Tim Geddes told me all about it. They're the one true comparison platform with real rates. They give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive, nationwide and travelers and all in one place use your current insurance information to get started and in just minutes you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have and it's free to use that's what tim did tim loves gabby 
because it's super easy to use, free, and gives him the peace of mind that he isn't wasting his time or money. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info. So no annoying spam or robocalls. Put your policy to the test like Tim did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash kind of funny. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash kind of funny. Gabby.com slash kind of funny. Up next, we'd like to thank Canva. Canva Pro is the easy-to-use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro. Whether you're a professional designer or just getting started, Canva Pro can help boost you and your team's productivity and creativity. It's a quick, easy, and affordable way to design whatever you need. No matter what you're creating and sharing, Canva Pro has everything you need in one place, including a collection of over 75 million premium photos, videos, audio, and graphics. Plus, Canva Pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process. You get all this and more in just one Canva Pro subscription. Tim Geddes loves Canva Pro. He says it's such a great tool for creators of any type to take the not fun parts out of thumbnails, logos, graphic design in general. Very sleek designs and templates for presentations, social media content, videos, and everything in between. There's no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. It has the tools and tips for any project you may want to explore and try. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kfgames to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's c-a-n-v-a dot m-e slash kfgames. Canva.me slash KF Games. All right, guys, welcome back. So we got a fun Game Pass update and some Psychonauts 2 images and maybe a release. I don't know what's happening. We're going to talk about it in just a moment, but let's jump in to the Game Pass update for the month of May. You got a lot of games coming in, some games leaving. We always here at the XCast want to make sure you're in the know so you know what you can pick up and what you got to play before it's gone. So as of May 4th, Dragon Quest Builders 2 is coming to console and PC. May 6th, you'll have FIFA 21 on console and PC, thanks to EA Play. Outlast 2 on cloud, console, and PC if you're looking for some spooks. And Steep on cloud and console if you want to shred the gnar, which you know I love doing. On May 13th, <laughs> you have Final Fantasy uh, 10 and 10-2 HD Remastered on console and PC. Just Cause 4 on uh, Just Cause 4 Reloaded, cloud, console, and PC. Psychonauts, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, cloud, console, and PC. Red Dead Online, cloud and console. Remnant from the Ashes coming to PC. That's all on May 13th. And the big date that you need to circle, May 15th. Here are the games that are leaving Game Pass. Alan Wake, console and PC. Battlefleet Gothic Armada 2 on PC, Dungeons of the Endless Cloud Console PC, Final Fantasy 9 Console and PC, Hotline Miami PC, uh, Plebe Quest The Crusades on PC. Now, those are the games leaving. Let's go to the games that are coming because, Paris, I'm seeing Psychonauts, <laughs> May 13th. Now, this is a game that I've never played before. This is an OG Xbox title. People know this game. Great lineage with Double Fine. What's up with Psychonauts? Have you ever played this? What do I need to know about it? Oh, absolutely. I played it. It is one of the great platformers ever made by the brilliant mind of Tim Schafer. Um, I'll tell this funny story really quick. So I, I tweeted uh, yesterday 
uh, because of all this, the Psychonauts news and the Game Pass. And I went to search for it on the store and I looked and I already owned it. And, and I don't remember ever getting the digital copy. So at some point I got the digital copy of it and I downloaded it yesterday and I started playing it all over again. It loaded up the OG Xbox logo, everything, man. It was, it was great. But you're in for a ride, Mike. Um, I, I definitely recommend, yes, two is about to come out, but I would recommend people that have Game Pass, you know, download it, check it out. Um, it, it's a brilliant, psychedelic mind-bending platformer the the humor in it is off the charts hilarious still and i I only played like like for an hour or so but even just in the early moments i was quickly reminded at how funny this game is and how great it is i'm telling you it's a treat and i think you know and i'm sure we're gonna get this in the news but it's pretty clear they're setting it up all right let's get everybody the old one because the new one's about about to drop pretty soon as, as a nice lead in so i would definitely recommend people check it out But let's keep talking about that because Psychonauts 2 is in the news. We got something interesting that happened. Of course, we have some new images coming up from the team over at Double Fine. Barrett will be showing those on screen so we can be in awe and wow of this psychedelic fun that's coming our way. But friend of the show, Chloe Brielle, actually tweeted out and shared that the Xbox store page for Psychonauts 2 went live this week. And some people even managed to preload the game early and it's coming in at 27.65 gigs. It's Series X and S optimized, play anywhere, and of course on Game Pass. Sean, I'll kick it to you. People pre-download this. It's a little store page turn on. Are, are we going to see maybe a stealth release at E3? Is this game coming out sooner than we think? It's been so quiet. I don't know where Psychonauts 2 falls anymore. I feel like it's got to be sooner than, than E3, right? Like, first of all, how does this keep happening? Like, how do how do like web pages go up live? How do games get available for people to download? Like, what is how is Walmart Canada leaking all of the things before E3? <laughs> how does this keep happening? Um, I'm, but I'm so excited. Like, this is actually the the it, it's actually very fitting because Psychonauts is just so weird. So why wouldn't it appear ahead of time for people to actually be able to download and have kind of like this strange launch story ahead of time? And I'm looking forward to it. This is one that I've honestly, I've, I've kind of had my arms crossed a little bit as like people would tote like Xbox has got all these studios and man, can't wait for Psychonauts 2. And it's like, that's what you're hanging your hat on. Not, not throwing shade at Psychonauts or anything, but it's not, it's not Ratchet and Clank or, or Returnal or anything like that. Um, so I've kind of been wavering. It's, I mean, this will be a nice add on to me. But for some reason, the way that it's being revealed and maybe people are downloading it ahead of time, I'm like, this piques my interest in a way that maybe it otherwise wouldn't have happened. And um, man, I, I, I think back to games like Grim Fandango is probably my favorite uh, from Tim from back in the day. I, I've played that game over and over and over again. I haven't played Psychonauts, but I keep hearing all these things about it. So I think I'm going to be with Paris and, and, and take the bait. I'll play this ahead of time. I'm trying to stay focused on Outer Worlds right now. These are the types yeah. of things that get my distractions going. But uh, I think I'd like to have a little bit of a taste because I think it's just it's just a weird one. This one is just a total, it looks wacky. And I will say, as down as I've been on it, you know, leading up to it, they had a great reveal. What was it at E3 last year? Whatever the last time they had a deep dive on it. I was like, okay, I'm I'm kind of seeing you're we're seeing the video here online now. Like it looks looks pretty interesting, man. I've got to check this out. I would recommend uh, yourself and everyone, and I'm blanking on the name, but Double Fine. I want to say it's just Double Fine, but there, there's a YouTube channel out there where Tim Schafer and that team has kind of been chronicling, you know, the, the whole development process with Psychonauts 2, and you kind of mm-hmm. get a little insight to everything. 
yeah, you should you should check it out because because you'll walk away from that going, oh man, I I really I really like this team and I really like what what they're doing. Um, and, and like I I already said before, check out the first one. Um, it it's worth your time. It's not super long, so so you don't have to worry about a, a super a huge time mm. sink into it to play it. But it'll it'll wet the palate, so to speak, to to get you ready for for Psychonauts two. And like I said, it's uh. Again, if you play Brutal Legend like you you brought up, yep. uh, Fandango, all that, if that's the Tim Schafer yep. type of humor and all that. If you're into that, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna love Psychonauts. I'm one of the rare fans of Brutal Legend, actually. As it turns yeah. out, I didn't care whatever game that turned out to be a real time strategy, an adventure game, whatever. It was, yeah, I was all good with that. And Paris, for you, and I, I'm interested to see like what you think of this next game. Because speaking of those kind of behind the scenes and developer chats, one of the thing that Tim Schafer has has talked about is you know now they don't have to worry about the next game keeping the studio open they they can right. actually give everything they've got into th these games and i'm like w this is the first time that we're going to see something coming out of double fine with that security so i'm very interested to see like what is the result of that like there there must be a marked difference between the cute little indie studio quirky indie studio to the microsoft backed wild mind of tim schaefer so so hold on a second i gotta get my pom-poms out and put everything <laughs> on so so Again, this is why like Double Fine being acquired by Microsoft obviously was a good thing for everything that you said, but this also is, is the Game Pass component of this as well. And, and Tim Schafer has actually talked about this too. It might be mm -hmm. on the YouTube channel or not, but the point is he doesn't have to go out there on the circuit anymore, crowd, you know, raising money and, and all that stuff. He can just worry about, hey, I have this great idea. Go to the powers at B, pitch it, they green light it. Hey, I need X amount of time and whatever the budget is that gets green lit and he just goes and does it. Yeah, and that's it. He worries about making a game and not mm -hmm. like you said, worry about see my dog is adamant about this, <laughs> but he doesn't have to worry about, you know, keeping the lights on at double fly. Yeah. He just gets to go. What's what's the crazy idea that I have for a game? Let's go do it. And that's great. And that's hopefully with all these studio acquisitions we've we've seen, you know, Compulsion Games is another one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. just, just go let them do what they want, man. Just let them do their thing. And, and I think that's what excites me more than anything. We're going to see more studios take a risk because, like you're saying, they don't have to worry about keep the lights on. So, yeah. so look, some some will hit, some won't. And we'll, we'll see what the repercussions of that will, will be moving forward. But to at least have that opportunity to do so. And someone like Tim Schafer, who has clearly been one of the great minds in gaming the past couple decades, mm -hmm. to now have that creative freedom to go do whatever he wants is, is fantastic. So exciting. I love that. And uh, all right, well, guess what? In the middle of May, we can jump into Psychonauts oh, 1. We can try it on yeah. Game Pass. Tell us. Yeah, it, one, one other thing that you brought that up. I don't think we get it before E3. That was the other thing you were saying. I, okay. I think this I think this is probably an E3 surprise, right? Mm. I mean, because why would you drop Psychonauts 2? And look, I'm probably a thousand percent wrong, but it seems to me you hold that as your quote unquote one more thing at E3. Oh, by the way, Psychonauts 2, that trailer just watched. Yeah, you can go download it right now. And if you're a Game Pass subscriber, it's available. You mean, you know, that whole thing. I, I that just totally see that makes sense. Yeah. It's just so early, Paris. Like, why is it there now? You know, games take you. Know, you maybe being worked on it totally they've been we're, working on this one for years i just years. mean in, in in relation to e3 like well, we're still well, a month out of e3 like why is it on the store why can people download it already okay so so this is your first time here i'm about to introduce you to conspiracy steve actually it's really not that much of a conspiracy but maybe they just went gold right 
And Mm -hmm. now they're just uploading whatever the quote unquote base game is, but they'll continue to work on it for the next month. And they'll probably be like a day one patch or something. That'd be my guess anyways. Um, So it doesn't shock me that that part of it is already ready to go. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, you just hold it to E3. That that would be my guess. And then, like I, I said, I'm probably wrong. Move. Yeah. I think E3 would be the better move. It'd be, yeah. And it's available now. Like, they got to have something for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be their one more thing. I think, it, like, with the Xbox-specific uh, conference, because, you know, like, they're doing, like, their thing, and then Bethesda's being separate. I think they open up the show with it. I think they could open be. up the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, I don't I can know see that. Psychonauts 2 is big enough to pop off for for the one more thing for an E3 conference like that. So I think you open up with like, hey, this uh, this cult classic that's finally getting a sequel that people have been kind of interested in and like new people are coming in because of Game Pass and all this stuff. Like the sequel, boom, it's out now. And uh, I, I forget if they're sticking to releasing it on multiple platforms. I don't know how they're going to go about that. But yeah, I could see that. I believe it is. Okay. It still okay. is. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I see that easily being like the the opening of the show. I think that'll be a fun way to pop it off. But you made me just think of something. This is one of the repercussions of a digital only uh, event versus being in person E3. Because imagine the crowd. Yeah. If they say then and it's available now, download yeah. it now, the crowd would explode. It would mm-hmm. be a great visual moment for them that they won't get. So someone standing in front of a camera going, and it's available now yay you know it's it'll be different the crowd would pop off and then all of the people who are in la and in the industry who are also reviewers are like running to the like uh wherever like their uh their offices they can download it and review it as fast as possible god that chaos don't hey hey, barrett that that's why you have the xbox app on your phone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah That, exactly, Paris. That's what it would look like. Is everybody would cheer, and then you just see foam lights light up yeah. as they start immediately yeah. hitting download. What a fun time! And you're right, Paris. It will be such a different vibe without the audience once again here as we head into this E3, and we'll kind of miss that pop. But I think we'll all share it from live reactions. Whether you're on a live reaction yourself or you're watching some of your favorite content creators, you'll still have that pop inside. But yeah, it will be much different than the crowd screaming at Phil and the team and having so much fun. I never will forget when I went to E3 2019 and went to the Bethesda showcase and Pete Hines was like, hey, everybody in the room right now, Doom Eternal's playable outside. See you there at the party. Yeah. And I, he like took my breath away. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. What an experience. And so, yeah, we'll be different. But, you know, May 13th for Psychonauts 1 on Game Pass, that's about a month away. And then we can go into Psychonauts 2 on E3. Could be a fun release. And, uh, Really excited to see what this is all about. Let's keep it moving because we got another fun, exciting one. Fable is using the Forza Tech engine. I'm going to go straight from IGN because Liam Wiseman put up a great one here. He says, Microsoft's new Fable game is being developed using the Forza engine, according to a job listing on Microsoft's website. The listing from a software engineer states that the team at at Turn 10, developers of the Forza series, will be working with the Forza Tech engine and will be, quote, enriching the tool set to support an open-world action RPG, Fable, end quote. Not only will the engine be powering one of Microsoft's most anticipated new titles for Xbox Series X and S, but the role also involves adding some new bells and whistles to the engine, including, quote, new features like ray tracing, end quote. Guys, Fable and the Forza Tech, my mind is already racing with excitement because we've seen what this engine is capable of. We've seen the power from Forza Horizon and on Forza. And it's like, 
man, to think about this open world action RPG that we're going to get and the power that we're going to see, this is some pretty exciting stuff. But I also have some questions. I have a little, a little bit of worry, but I'm excited to see what the team will do. So I'll kick it to you first, Paris. What do you think about this? I mean, does this seem in line with you? Is this something cool, exciting? Is it just the norm? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the fact that Playground is doing it, and obviously they've already been using the engine uh, for Horizon, they were familiar with it. So it made a lot of sense they would stick to something that they know to to make a game like Fable. And we've already seen with Horizon, it has the capability of being an open world. It does the dynamic weather, things like that. So, of course, ray tracing and things like this would, would be a natural addition to that engine as, as we move into the next generation. I would say, again, we're probably, knock on wood, we'll see get a sneak peek of what that engine can potentially do with Forza Horizon 5, which we're uh, assuming is also coming from Playground Games as well. And we, I'd imagine, for, you know, not Forza, excuse me, Fable is still a few years out before we'll see it. So it's exciting to see. I mean, you know, again, they're, they're taking something that they're already familiar with and they'll be able to work with it. And I'm sure t- Turn 10 and the rest of the internal studios can pitch in and have familiarity with that engine as well to make sure that it will work best you know for fable and everything that we're expecting from it sean i'm really excited because paris said it so well i was thinking about the beautiful world that we've seen in forza horizon right i think of the dynamic weather that they've added in there and i've also thought about the engine in motion that we've seen right yeah. you think of the cars you think of the physics you think of the destructibility and what that landscape looks like and then my mind started going okay well what is fable all about right and then i was like oh wait hold up a second sean what about the character animations, right? In mm-hmm. Forza, it's all about the cars and the details. There was a little bit of character customization in Forza Horizon 4. And I said, well, was that good enough? This game is going to be all about that. But then it's like Pear said, you have some great teams here that are dedicated to this. We got a while until this game is out. I'm really excited to see how they power that engine for the combat, for the character animations, what this will look like in a totally different setting and we're so used to, right? Barrett made the fun joke at the beginning. He was like, cars and for or cars and fable, here it comes. And it's like, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the fun joke. But like, oh man, what are they gonna do with this engine and a whole totally different gameplay style? Yeah, man. It's it's it, I hope that they're not shoehorning in, in in there. Like it's I hope that it fits. You know, I played um I had this sort of realization and, and actually opened up the motorsport games to me a, a couple of games. Ago. I think it was six. I was playing that game and I'm like, I'm not really into the simulation aspect of it, but I'm I'm enjoying the game. Gorgeous game. And then this sort of like, I don't know, light bulb popped off in my head. And I'm like, this is an RPG. Like what I'm actually doing is I'm kind of grinding away in my experience points. I'm getting new, uh, new abilities for my cars, kind of like I would get new abilities and spells in an RPG. And Forza actually became an RPG for me in that sense, the way that I'm taking care of my cars, like I would take care of a party or a collection of cars, like I would take care of a party. So the mechanics of it, pardon the pun is actually maybe where it actually does make sense, but where it does fall apart for me a little bit is on, yeah, the character animation and, and potentially even, I don't know, like how the, like, is it in-game cinematics? How are the conversations really happening? But the one thing that I will just give to playground is how they, how they convince anybody who came to a racing game with their arms crossed going like, I don't like racing games. It's more than a racing game. Like it, it really does feel like an open world action adventure game. The way that the car, like the the Siri type of device, I can't remember her name. Um, hello, Sean. You should do this. Like I love when I ask what I should do next. That's what I would do in a game like Outer Worlds or Grand Theft Auto or something like that. So 
the fit always made sense to me. And I guess in this sense, the, the engine kind of like there's pieces of it that make sense to me a little bit more than others, but I just have so much faith in this developer because it, I feel like getting people as involved and excited about racing games on a mainstream is actually a very challenging thing to do. And they've done that over and over and over again to the point now where people are getting excited by a rumor that perhaps Forza Horizon 5 is going to be in Mexico. Like, let's get excited about a racing game, guys. Like, it's so good. So I don't know. I I, I can't help but think like my... I don't want to get overhyped about everything because I'm, I'm I can be very excited about this sort of thing, but I, I I have to look at you know games like like what happened with Bioware trying to do RPGs with a with an engine that wasn't made for RPGs. Mm. So I, I have to have you know what happens with with uh, with the Frostbite engine for a game like Dragon Age or or things like that. So I'm a little that has me a little cautious on it, but. The pedigree here with Playground is that they can make amazing games in the limitation of a of a of a racing genre game. So I just I can't wait to see this. I think the other thing that I would say on this is we are so far away from seeing this game. Like they're they're hiring they're, they're hiring this position. They're I think that's like a lead um, writer just joined the team as well. Like this game's far away, but I'll be in, I'll be enjoying the journey that we're on until it releases. Yeah, that journey is going to be a lot of fun. And man, you. You you stabbed me right there. You hit me with the dagger in the heart. I'm like so far away. I was like, I was gonna ask it you, is. do we think we see in-engine stuff this E3? But you're so right, right? The we know that there is a roadmap at Team Xbox, and there's a lot of games and rumors that we can talk about, right? But like that game is far off. Perfect Dark is far off, right? Those are the later three, five years down the road games. Pairs, you're looking let, at me. What yeah, you got? yeah, because you just made me think about something. So I'll throw this over to Sean. Do you think we see Avowed or Fable? Which one first? Ooh. Mm, man, I think Obsidian could surprise us a little bit. Maybe they are further along than I think. I, you know, I'm kind of hoping that maybe Xbox does a little bit. They do things a little differently this this generation because they did play things a little closer to the vest. They were burned a couple of times with games like Scalebound. But, you know, I think PlayStation really won out a lot of times by building out hype for games that were five years out. And I'm kind of hoping that Xbox does actually kind of the same thing. As long as they stick the landing on these games, I, I kind of want to see, you know, like how long, how many times did we see Death Stranding not know what the hell it was? And then we were all like still excited about it, right? Like, I think they really won out on those types of deals. So yeah, I won't be too, too burned. I don't think at least in the short term of, of seeing something early, I want to, I want to get a glimpse of this. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I also was just thinking of this, you know, those 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 PlayStation fanboy guys, Blessing and Greg, um, <laughs> on the kind of funny daily. Uh, I think it was last week they were talking about. I think it was Greg had the audacity to say, yeah, I think Xbox has too many RPGs, which made me laugh because we've literally gone from they don't have any games to now you're saying they got too many of one genre. That's a mm -hmm. good thing. But but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm super excited um to see what they do like what obsidian does with avowed um whether it is they've been working on it longer than we think and we'll see it sooner rather than later but i i just take the philosophy on anything take your time you know yeah. i let's put it this way i don't expect to see anything about avowed or fable this year yeah there's, there's simply no reason okay. to i think that i think we would see avowed before fable i just have that feeling like i I almost feel like Fable's like 2024. I, I really mm. do. I think it's that far out. I think Avowed could be as soon as 2023, potentially. Um, thinking of it that way with a, a way outside chance of 2022, but with COVID, I'm pretty sure everything's been pushed back yeah. to some degree. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think we'll wind up seeing Avowed before we see Fable. 
but you know according to greg that's just too many rpgs for xbox so maybe not not, not enough uh third person <laughs> action, <laughs> zombie action games. adventure uh yeah. <laughs> yeah fun one for you two to think about and all of our audience as well it's like now you bring bethesda into the fold right and now we talk about we've always brought up the call of duty battlefield titanfall fiasco well now you have three big fantasy games as well right fable avowed and elder scrolls and how do you have that juggle right where's the right placement for each and every one of those how do you stay close enough but not too close and give each other time to breathe it's really fun now when we talk about all these games and all these studios and there's going to be some overlap there's going to be some similarities but how do you balance that where do you fall how far is too far between each one i'm really easy excited. elder scrolls is 10 years out man like no, you don't have to worry about no. that that's not gonna, no, that's I, not, no that's i think he's right top, I, I really do on top of those other two that's really like, yeah. oh, oh wow I'm close yeah I, I think yeah i think you're right i think elder scrolls 6 i wouldn't hold my breath anything before 2025 2026 mm -hmm. up in there somewhere it's gonna be a long time because we're doing starfield i mean that's what todd hart's team is doing so they're gonna stop doing that and then they're gonna move on to elder scrolls yeah, so I, like not including fallout 76 like fallout 4 came in 2015 that was six yeah. years ago at this point mm -hmm. and this is yeah. the first uh major rpg from the main bethesda studio releasing a game like that since then so like yeah we still got a ways away mikey i'm sorry but i, so I want to see the so scope I want to see the scope and scale. Sorry to interrupt, Mike. I want to see the scope no. and scale of Fable versus Avowed as well. Like in my mind, I think of Avowed as like as that Elder Scrolls scale. Right. Like it would be I, in my mind, that's it's enormous. It's it's huge. It's the game that you're going to be playing for like Witcher hours, like 200 plus hours. And I'm curious about Fable if it still if it sticks to you a little bit more manageable. Like is that more of a sub 100 hours, maybe even like 50, 60 hour type of deal? Like the the scale of these games, I think is going to be interesting. To your point, Mike, on what's landing on top of what and when we can expect uh, avowed versus versus fable to be released but i also think with, with avowed versus fable just for a second i think fable is going to be your more lighthearted, quote-unquote casual rpg right that has you know it's the comedic elements things like that i think avowed is going to be hardcore yes i think they're they're really they're going to embrace their inner Baldur's gate and just go mm -hmm. hardcore yes. with it in my opinion um but but one other top point that you kind of brought up in this conversation, which has made me think, how do they handle all how do they handle all the games from all these studios as a whole? Because like we, like we, we've said many times, we're really on the cusp of this really starting to explode where we're going to see a lot of games coming from their internal studios. We know they're still making these 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 global partnerships for other games as well. What is the cadence going to look like for that? Because you don't want a Titanfall 2 fiasco with any of this. You want to make sure all these games get their time to breathe, so to speak. Right. So it, it almost makes me wonder if every quarter we're going to start seeing a couple games coming from Microsoft Game Studios so that they get their time to shine. And then, you know, everything would lead up to obviously the big guy you know, in the holiday, but even in the spring during the summer, we're just going to see, you know, some triple A games, some double A games just consistently starting to come out from these studios because that that's the promise, right? That's why you have 23 studios internally and other partnerships because they're trying to literally flood the market, so to speak, with, mm -hmm. with games because, hey, look, pom-pom in hand, it's about Game Pass at the end of the day and they're trying to put value to Game Pass and I think 
that's the interesting thing out of all this, which again goes back to something we we're just talking about with Psychonauts too. If andor if the rumor's true and they wind up stealth launching it at E3, is that happening without any type of um, marketing ahead of it? Mm. I mean, what does that mean? Does is it they're just relying on Game Pass to sell it? Word of mouth. There's all kind of things that that they're going to start running into um, in the next few years as they keep pumping out these games. So I'm honestly excited to see how it all plays out, really, because look. Yeah, there's way smarter people than me over there uh, in Microsoft land that's probably been planning for this stuff for years. And uh, it's it's going to be exciting to see to actually see the plan come together and it all unfold. Yeah. And there's there's a precedent for this as well, guys, too. Like, you know, there have been years on PlayStation 4 where they've had a lot of games come out all at once. You've had years like 2018 was a banger year. 2017 was really good. Mm-hmm. And even the way the Switch launched it was like every month. They had those like Breath of the Wild and they had ARMS. And then, of course, I mean, ARMS was great. Uh, Mario Kart and Splatoon, like they had years like that. And what do you see when it was the opposite of what happened with Titanfall? It was actually, it was, they were booming years for, especially right. Switch to launch in that way. So I think Xbox can actually look forward to something similar. I think it'll be interesting to see them explore what is too close together. The Titanfall example is something we can all think about, where it's like, yeah, obviously too close. I think we'll be surprised that maybe it is like, maybe it's a once per month cadence. We talk about once per quarter, but maybe it is once per month. That isn't too much. We may be surprised at where uh, we can have a lot of games kind of released in the same mm-hmm. in the same year. But we're still used to, you know, we'd be lucky if we get three first party games and two of them are good. You know, we're still kind of in that in that land in Xbox. So um, Halo and Forza, give it to me this year, man. I, I also say before we move on, I'll be happy and not in the way that I don't love these games because I absolutely love Halo. I love Forza. I love Gears. I love those IPs. But I'll be excited for the day when they don't matter. You yeah. know, if you, if you get what I'm saying, mm-hmm. where they don't have to rely on Halo or Forza or Gears to sell you Xbox because they have all these other new franchises that they've started and just these other unique things that they're doing that that's why people are coming to xbox they're not just coming for for the quote-unquote tentpole titles they're coming for all these different unique genres and experiences across the board yeah exciting the juggle has begun right now it's time i can't wait to see what the future holds but we have a really fun one to round out the show we got a great question coming in from one of the listeners out there olive party fun name out there but this one I wanted to get to know you guys, right? I thought this would be a fun time here. I've been playing a whole lot of It Takes Two, and it's all about collaboration is the word from the love guru in It Takes Two. And so with that, Olive Party wants to know, what's your game language, aka what's the game version of your love language? So I thought that was really fun. Sean, if you check your Twitter DMs, you might see a little written note for me right now. But the five love language equivalents could be words of affirmation, achievements and trophies, quality time, just navigating a world, physical touch, feedback like a KDR, acts of service, quest stories, and receiving gifts, loots and or spreadsheet stats. So I thought this was really fun. Me and my friends had a great time laughing at this and breaking it down. And I said, who better than to go to Paris and Gary and say, yo, Paris, what the heck is your game and language? I need to know it. So we'll ask Gary when he comes back, but perfect way of Sean on the show. And I'll kick it off so you guys have a moment to digest that, break that down again one more time. The five love languages, a.k.a. your gaming language. And I want everybody out there, our listeners and viewers, go right in the YouTube comments. Let me know 
what your gaming language is because I want to get to know what kind of gamer you are. But words of affirmation, achievements and trophies, quality time, just navigating a world, physical touch, feedback like KDR, acts of service, quests and stories, and receiving gifts, loot slash breadsteed chats. So I looked at it and I had two that really resonated with me. I have a third one just for fun, but my two big ones are physical touch and quality time. And I broke down physical touch because I do love my KDR, right, Paris? I love seeing that stat go up. I love seeing myself get better, especially because I play a lot of competitive first-person shooter multiplayer games. And I always love the challenge of getting that KDR up, getting a little bit better each and every time, similar to what we talked about with Returnal, right? And so I love getting better over time. And of course, there's some other feelings, right? I love in the war zone when I jam a helicopter into somebody, right? I get the blade <laughs> sideways or I see you running and I just chuck it at you and somehow it explodes. And I'm like, man, that feeling gets me going anytime in a video game. And I even brought it back a little bit more in Paris. I know your kids will dig this one. Skate three. I just love mm -hmm. stomping dope tricks, right? Whether I'm in the half pipe, <laughs> I'm on the mega ramp, or I just hit a sick grind down a rail. It's like when you stomp that, you're like, look at me progressing in this video game. No matter what it may be, look at me getting better. So physical touch is a big one for me. And then another one I put in was quality time, but I actually switched it up instead of exploring worlds, which I love. And I'll talk about that in a moment. It was gaming with friends. Multiplayer games are so big for me. And we've talked about it over the pandemic and us coming together through gaming, right? I think Sarah Bond said it so well that this has brought us all together in a time when we needed it the most. We're not going to work like we used to. We're not going to school. And gaming is what brings me when all my friends together each and every night. We talk on Discord. We talk on Xbox party chats. We game together. And that quality time spent with them is really something that is special to me through these multiplayer games. And as well, I do want to touch on it because they brought it up. I love exploring worlds. I love getting lost in outer worlds like you brought up, Sean. I love Skyrim of like exploring that and just getting lost. It's like, oh, here's the main quest. No, I'm going that way over to the east and I'm never coming back. And you just get lost in these worlds. And I love spending the time and exploring them. And so those are my two big ones, physical touch and quality time. But I wanted to put in one fun one because it does get me pretty excited. And that's receiving gifts because you know what? I am a sucker for a good loot box and I'm a really big sucker for a good My Team NBA pack. Whether it be NBA or MLB the show, <laughs> I'll tell you what, if I pull that Amethyst You're Kobe, addicted, I am open, baby. If I pull <laughs> that Vlad Guerrero, I am freaking. You're going to get addicted. I, I might have a small problem with some <laughs> sweet cosmetics and some loot boxes. That's just me. It just gets me really excited. But I thought this was really fun to look at yourself and think, what gets you excited and enthusiastic about gaming? And what better way than to hang out with my co-hosts and say, hey, let's talk about this. Let's make it fun. And then we can hear from the audience as well out in the comments. So Paris, I'll kick it to you because I gave you a little extra time before Sean. What is your gaming language? Mine is three. It's the journey, it's the accomplishment, and it's the surprise. So when I think of accomplishment, I, I keep it in simple terms. I think of something like, like when I play Destiny, Destiny, right? And I do a raid. That sense of accomplishment when you clear a raid. 
when when you tack oh hell I could take it to Returnal when you when you wind up finally beating the boss in Biome Four and you feel like you've just done the greatest thing ever. It, it's that sense of accomplishment, like wow, I've overcome something that seemed impossible when I first started, and now I I've, I've cleared it. I've I've accomplished it. That that always gives me. And then, like I said, it's it's a journey, man. Because that's, that's to me, that's the whole point of games. It's like an escape. It's it take me take me on a ride. Take me to a faraway land that I've never seen before, and I get to explore and just everything that comes with that. So so definitely journey. And then the surprise. It's like I love when a game does something that I just simply was not expecting. I, I love that, oh my God, did this just happen? You, what? You know, I, I, I love those moments in games because they always stick with me, you know, forever. Um, spoilers, Knights of the Old Republic is one that comes to me every, every time when I think of Revan. Wait, what? <laughs> Absolutely blew me away, you know? Um, but it, it's just things like that, that when, when I think about gaming and I think about my quote unquote language, those are probably the three pillars for me. And then I would say it's cliche, but fun, right? You, you, you want to have fun when, when you're when you're playing these games. I mean, and that kind of goes back to what you were saying, Mike. The most fun is when you do it with your friends or, or I'm doing it with my kids. Right. And we're going on these adventures together and we're accomplishing something together. Right. Th those are the memories that that I always take away from. And then again, this is why I, I keep going back to Destiny, because, again, just some of the greatest cooperative experiences I've ever had in my gaming life have been in that game. And that's why it's year seven. And I still get giddy over that game because I'm thinking about wh what is going to be the next thing that I go do with my friends and we get to accomplish. So, yeah, that, that, those would be mine. I like those a lot, Paris. Those are really well thought out. And, you know, you put those together quite quick because I said that to Paris like five minutes before the show. So <laughs> great job, Paris. Thanks for bringing the heat on that. I love it. Sean, you just got it. You're here with us. It's like, let's talk gaming language. Tell me about Sean and what gets you happy. I love this question, by the way. Like, it's so thoughtful and also very, like, very in touch with our emotions, you guys. I really like this. And anybody who listens to anything that I really do in podcast land knows that anytime I'm, I'm asked to, like, choose a favorite thing or one thing, I'm going to go probably 10, 15 more. Like, I'm going to give you a whole buffet. <laughs> like, there's no way for me to to lock down, like, one or even two of these things. That, like, And the, what I would reflect on that is to say that I – I think it's the reason that I, I love games, that I love talking about games, I love playing games, I love sharing them with people is because I'm not able to lock down one of these love languages, Mike. Like I love everything, like I, these, these um, manifested me, um, depending on the day of the week, the time of the day, the time of year, like, you know, I love playing games with my wife. We, we played, um, we've actually platinumed Borderlands 1 and 2 together. And a lot of that is like that quality time together and that looting. That, that what's next like what what purple thing are we going to be getting <laughs> what what gear what what gun are we going to be getting next um but lately and maybe it is the maybe it is the pandemic and we're kind of separated from each other i have found that particularly on my streams i just i i kind of throw i guess like quality quote unquote out to the out the window and just go 10 people are coming in the discord voice chat and we're playing mario kart for god's sakes like who go. cares what this sounds like to anybody else but i'm having so much fun playing with friends and that's something that is I'm kind of returning to. That's something that I, I used to do back in the day and and just jumping in a really like a land party is kind of what we're recreating here. It's just a just this cacophony of noise and people laughing and having fun. So I guess you would call that kind of quality time. Um, I've talked a lot about Forza today and Forza Horizon 3 is a game that was special to me in that 
it was so, I just wanted to be driving around in that world that I got up at five in the morning to do it. You know, that's a game that just, I just wanted to drive around and smash through nonsense and get points and get my spins and get new cars. I just really enjoyed that. So, but when I want to turn my brain off and just kind of shoot stuff, I throw on Call of Duty and I am absolutely motivated by the graph and the chart at the end. Like, where's my KDR at? And am I, am I feeling good about doing a little bit better than the last time or not? So, you know, there's every single one of these. I, I, I would be lying if I didn't say that I'm disappointed if I've played a game for 25 minutes and I haven't popped an achievement, you know, like where's my press start achievement. I like, I like having that cheap dopamine hit, man. Yeah. All of these land for me. And it's, it's a reason that I play on Xbox because I get all of those hits through mostly through game pass. I don't have to really think about it. I don't get my achievements or anything like that on Nintendo. Although I like gaming over there as well, but like all of these things hit for me in a, big big way and i think that's just like i said i'm thinking about games all the time i'm podcasting non-stop i'm playing games non-stop and they all i think this is actually giving me a reason why like i haven't really been able to figure out like why am i like this but i think it's because i've got all these love languages that are getting tapped into man love this question i love that shout out to olive party and uh before we go i want to highlight one of my good friends who i made do this with me last night my friend nate he said, mine would be words of affirmation as an avid achievement hunter and as someone who enjoys completing video games to 100% completion mm -hmm. in general. But mainly, I think my biggest video game love language would be acts of service. I know I'm that in love with a game or franchise when I'm happily performing side quests or tasks just to please a character in a game or to further the relation thing, relationships. Things like loyalty missions in Mass Effect or getting they'll remember that notifications yep. in Telltale games. That makes me smile. I think for me, my favorite game of all time are the ones that made me feel and connect with the characters to that level. And I will remember them forever. And that made me smile, especially Paris, because you know, next week we'll be playing a whole lot of Mass Effect oh, and we'll yes. be working on those loyalty <laughs> messages. And I'll be making sure me and my crew are just having a good time. There's the big box there right there. He's ready. Believe, relive the legend. What a great line right there is, right? And so I wanted to know what everybody's gaming love language is. If you're listening, if you're watching out there, make sure you either tweet at me and Paris and Gary. Go out there and hang out with Sean over on his Twitch channel or leave a comment in the YouTube section. Let us know what's your gaming language. Let us know what gets you excited. And now let's round out this podcast right now. Here's some heads ups that you need to know about. Of course, you're free to play days over the weekend. Peaky Blinders, Mastermind, and Hunting Simulator 2 are available on Xbox Live Gold and Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Me and my friends, oddly enough, played Hunting Simulator 2. I think you can get like 8 to 12 people in this, and it is pure shenanigans because it is an actual hunting simulator. But if you get 8 and your friends on ATVs running wild and hunting lions in the Sahara, trust me, it's not going to go well for you. So it's a lot of fun. Check that one out. Moving forward... Some perks from your Game Pass over there that you might want to know about. NBA 2K21 My Team Bundle. You can get some packs, some My Team points, or you can get cover athlete Damian Lillard's Series 2 Amethyst card, which you know I got to get a hold of. Spotify Premium, new members only, four months of ad-free music. So make sure to check that out if you want some Spotify Premium. If you're a new member, Apex Legends has some weapons charms and some new Xbox Game Pass quests that you can check out. Finally, Paris brought it up earlier, Minecraft Dungeons now adds cross-save to go along with its cross-play. So go out there and have fun, no matter where you're playing. 
bring that save with you and keep gaming. But that will wrap up this week's kind of funny X cast. Sean, we came into this show real hot. I mean, we were running <laughs> into the door. I didn't get to introduce you. I didn't get to tell nobody about you because the best part is I know Sean well. I love Sean. I love what he does. I love listening to Sean whenever he talks about games and I love sharing the fun with him. So it's easy for me to be like, oh yeah, that's Sean. I know that guy. He's here. But for everybody that's listening and watching that don't know who you are, don't know where to find you, where can they find you? How great of a person are you? Tell them all about it. <laughs> well, thanks, Mike. I really, really appreciate it. I love uh, the opportunity to skip out on work a little bit early and, <laughs> and jump in and, and talk about games with you guys. I love that you talked about the Bethesda showcase because that's where you and I actually met in person. We've hugged, we've touched. It's very nice. Mike is a very good hugger, I can attest. Um, I'm just, I'm grateful to be here, man. Uh, I record an Xbox podcast called The Xbox Drive. I literally drive in my car while I record the Xbox uh, podcast. I go to McDonald's, I get coffee. Mike has been a guest on the show. Um, we do that every single week so people can find that on Apple Podcasts and everything else. And they can find me on Twitter at Sean Capri. Of course, it's Sean like Connery. Capri like the pants. You're the best, Sean. That's me, man. You're the best. Have you. Thank you for filling Great in, of here. course. Paris, we got a big week ahead. You showed the box already. I know you're amped up and excited. We're going to be talking games next week. We'll be definitely talking about Mass Effect, Resident Evil as well. Paris, I'm going to talk about Hood, Outlaws, and Legends. Yeah. But Paris, where the heck can everybody find you? What dope stuff are you doing over the week? And what's up with them Twitter spaces? You still hosting Twitter spaces? What's up? Yeah. Um, yeah. Still doing the Twitter spaces. Um, I probably do them too much. I, I should stop doing them too much. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, but you you can find me um, obviously here on kind of funny um, my own YouTube channel which is my name Paris P A W R, -R I S I'm also a co-host on Gamer Tag Radio and I'm always being a troll on Twitter lately anyways uh, <laughs> at vicious six nine six and I'll, I'll say this one last thing um, what I'm literally about to do when I hop off of here is um, my my in laws um, my mother in law and father in law are here and they're like my mom and dad. And as a family, we have not seen them since December of 2019 wow. because of the pandemic. So um, I don't know if the mic has been picking it up. I've been hearing them out there the whole time. So I've been dying uh, to, to go see them. But, you know, I, I'll just say as we sign off, you know, the world's been crazy, you know, the past year plus. And, uh, you know, it's moments like I'm about to have here in a minute, which, you know, just don't definitely don't take them for granted because, when they're taken from you, you'll definitely miss them. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited what I'm about to go do when we hop off. So that, that's it for me. I love that, Paris. I'll keep it short and sweet then so you can get out there and enjoy your time with the family. And as you heard Paris like that, same goes for all of you. You guys are our family. You're our best friends here at Kind of Funny. And we appreciate you tuning in, watching, supporting, being a part of the conversation, and most of all, sharing the fun and video games. So call up your mama, call somebody you love, and tell them you love them. And of course, play a bunch of video games this weekend. We'll catch you next week on the Kind of Funny X-Cast. Be good to one another, have some fun, play some games, and we'll see you later. Peace. Peace.